Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to be with you. Excited for this morning. While we're here, there are 54 of our young people away for the weekend doing God knows what. Um, But amazing, absolutely amazing. So we've been praying that God would bless them and meet with them. God would protect our amazing youth leaders looking after them uh, because we long to see a move of God amongst our young people. What we are going to do now is as we are in this season of above and beyond, this invitation to ask God, what are you calling us to do to play our part to see your kingdom come here in Birmingham and beyond as it is in heaven? We uh, have been talking about this idea that we're now one church meeting over three locations. Actually, one church over four locations. We'll come on to that in a second. Um, but we're going to go live now, hopefully with modern technology. This is my uh, cat dealy moment. We're going to go live now to Gas Street South who are meeting. So hopefully it might come up on the screen, Mike DeBandy and all the guys who are meeting to worship at Gas Street. Hey! Can we get on here? Hey! Mike! Oh, maybe take me off. (laughs) Mike, how are you doing? We can hear you. Mike, Mike, can you hear me? Lovely jumper. Oh, no. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? You can't hear us. Let me, I forgot my phone. Can someone quickly call Mike and I'll call him and we'll, we'll hear it through that. Um, so these guys are meeting in um, Tudor Grange. It's a school in Solihull. We're looking to start a location in um, Solihull. Okay. Mike, can you hear me? We can hear you here. So, Mike, tell us, where are you guys meeting? What's going on? And Mike, just quickly share, what's the vision, what's the hope for what God's going to do in Solihull, Shirley, South? Well, let's just give them a massive welcome, and we love you, and we're excited for you. My, uh, Ali, Ali wants her phone back. So can, can you see me, though? Can people see me? You can't even see us. Okay, oh, right. Cancel. Hey! There you go, just... People want to see. There we go. My best profile. <laughs> Ali. Bye, guys. Have a great Sunday. Woo! So we're meeting at Gas Street South. I've just come from the 9.30. We're every Sunday, 9.30. We have Gas Street St. Luke's. We're just going to see a quick welcome from them. Here it comes. It's not live, so you can relax.
Amazing. So we're meeting Gastric South, Gastric Central, Gastric St. Luke's. We're also meeting Gastric Online, fourth location, and we love everyone who's joining us online. We're so encouraged to hear what God's doing in your lives. And you're a part of this. You're a part of our family, and uh, we are thrilled with what God is doing. And as I said, we, during this month, are asking God, what are you calling us to do to go above and beyond to see your kingdom come? And we need to understand that our God is a missionary God. He is the God who has come to seek and to save those who are lost. And I've always loved what a former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, once said. He said this, should come up on the screen. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. Everything we are about is about everyone who is not here. And so as followers of Christ, we're caught up in this Missio Day, the, the missionary movement of God to communicate and to demonstrate His heart, His love, and His goodness here on earth. And it's the Great Commission. It's what Jesus commanded and He urged us as His people. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so when we planted six years ago Gastree, we came with this vision to see people encounter the love of Jesus Christ, to see people transformed, to see people welcomed into a community and a family which would see them grow and flourish, propelled into their destiny and their purposes here on earth. We carried this vision to be light for the city, light for the city and beyond. And right at the heart of this vision has been the strategy of church planting. Planting communities, locations all over the city. And, and not simply to grow a business or a franchise like Starbucks or McDonald's. No, we are passionate about planting and locations because we believe it is the most effective way of reaching people with the gospel. It is the most effective way of outworking this call to be light for the city. Uh, an author, a church movement expert, a guy called Peter Wagner, wrote this. He said, church planting is the most effective evangelistic methodology under heaven. Church planting is the most effective way of reaching people under heaven. And we see this in the New Testament. We see the early church got involved planting churches in people's houses. And it was the way that the gospel spread far and wide. In fact, the, the, the growth of the early church was so extraordinary, many would say that it is the most remarkable sociological movement in history. Just look at the stats. In AD 40, there were roughly 1,000 Christians in the Roman Empire. But by AD 350, so just 310 years afterwards, almost 30 million people were Christians. It constituted 53% of the population. That is extraordinary growth. And it's even more extraordinary when you consider that Jesus gathered before him ordinary men and women, many untrained, and he raised them up and he cut them loose to lead churches. The disciples, many of them were in their late teens. It was extraordinary what Jesus did. And as the church began to go, an unstoppable movement, empowered by the Spirit of the living God, swept through our world. And we are here today because of that movement. But what's even more exciting than that, we are a part of this unstoppable movement called the church. And so we want to show you a video, some of the things we're involved in and excited by. So check this out. sending out church plants, we've also seen Gastric grow through the addition of new locations. We're now one church, 
gathering across four locations. The first three are located around the city, Gastry Central, Gastry St. Luke's, and Gastry South. Our fourth location is online, with over 7,500 people tuning into our Sunday gatherings each week from all over the UK and beyond. Personally, it's been a lifeline. I don't really, I really genuinely don't know where I'd have been uh, without the ability to, um, that's what I miss the most, the ability to worship and to be so engaged in worship and to, I mean, it's great when you're technical people, you really zoom in, you make, you make us feel really involved as if we're there. As we've become more committed to Gastry Online um, every week, we've we felt we've had to go on a journey together as a family um, to move towards much more participation. And that, that's quite a challenge in your own home environment, but one, as we've become more comfortable with and sort of broken through, felt much greater freedom in worship, part of the, uh, the whole family at Gastry. It was just amazing, you know, you're watching you know, a really affirming you know, gathering of, of God's people just really deep connections, which I didn't think would be possible. You know, having met online and never having actually met in person. Yeah. But some of those connections, I think, will probably be like real blessing. As a church called to resource others beyond our congregation and beyond our city, as well as online, we do this through our global ministries, The Orchard and Gas Street Music. We believe and have faith that God is raising up an army of women that are devoted and dependent upon him, who know him intimately and are commissioned and sent, equipped to step in to the authority that Christ has given each one of us. From the very start of our journey as a church, we've been woven in worship, whether that's been in our workplaces or our schools, universities, on the streets or in our church building. We've been so keen to unearth the God song amongst us. And so that's looked like new leaders coming up, uh, new songs, new voices being heard. And all this has culminated in the creation of Gastry Music, our expression of worship as a church. And we're so excited to see this song of God resonate around the city, around this nation, and to the globe. We believe God has called us to reach more communities and to plant more churches and locations, and the opportunities for this are vast. One of the encouragements this year has been what God is doing amongst the Farsi community. <laughs> و میتونم در کنار دوستام احساس بکنم که اینجا در یک کشور غریب یک کشور خودم یک خانواده داشته باشم و همچنین میتونیم پرستش بکنیم پرستش روح ما رو تازه میکنه پرستش باعث میشه که تمام بارهای منفی که روی شونه های ما داره سنگینی میکنه همه اونها از بین بره وقتی با خداوند ملاقات میکنم احساس میکنم که سایون سال پدر رو میشناسم و وقتی با پدر صحبت میکنم یک احساس بسیار صمیمیت باهاش من بسیار زیاد به خداوند ملاقات کردم احساس کردم که روح القدس در اینجا در حال گردشه و دریافتم که چه آرامشی میتونه یک کلیسا برای من داشته باشه in order to move forward with our vision to reach more communities and to plant more churches and locations we need to raise up more leaders through gastry academy we're seeing young leaders equipped and encouraged to bring kingdom transformation wherever god sends them GSA is a way that we as a church can pour out into our young leaders who want to grow, learn and develop their practical leadership, but also their discipleship to grow as believers. We just want to pull in those with a heart for the church, a heart for the local community, and help to train and develop them in their practical ministry skills and their spiritual formation so that we can release and send out new young leaders for the church of tomorrow. So when I think back to my time on the Gashi Academy, I think the main thing that I took away from the year was that I left feeling like so much more rooted and secure 
in my identity in Jesus as a follower of him. Giving a year of my life to the Lord has really just opened the door for him to do what he wants. Yeah, GSA has really empowered me in my faith. And overall, I just saw Jesus bring so much healing and freedom. And by the end of the year, I kind of had like a real clear idea of where I wanted to go in life. Um, like I was so much closer to God. It's also just a great year to make new friends, be part of this amazing staff team. To reach a city, we also want to play our part in connecting and empowering kingdom-minded leaders in the workplace. Gastric business entrepreneurs to place where we're seeing this happen. and more on its sending capacity. And we're inviting you to be a part of it. Ronya, coming up. It's good stuff, isn't it? Now, Ronya is uh, an amazing part of our church. I'm just going to ask you a few questions, Ronya, and make sure everyone gets to see all of you. Um, but Ronya, just share, what do you sort of feel your time doing work-wise? What are you involved in? Amazing. Now, Ronnie, one of the things I've loved about you is you just get stuck into serving, helping build church. I know that you were doing that in churches you've been involved in previously, but why are you passionate about serving in local church? And Ronya, you are actually taking steps now. You you feel this call to, to be involved in church leadership. You're pursuing ordination within the Church of England. Talk about that call and how's that process been? So I have been watching you know, my people getting closer to the Lord. So I have a few What, what, what else is in the journal? Is that? Oh, <laughs> <sweet>. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
Jesus says that to go through things and to learn how to strengthen and see and give birth to something new. And I really feel that that's, that's where I am in my life right now. So I just want to encourage you guys as well, or people sat here, that you know, for you, if you can hear the call that now is a feeling within you, then come and speak to any yeah. one of us. I'm honestly on the journey. I'm being tested. I hope I get a yes. <laughs> you will. No, I'm, I'm thinking if you plant a church, no one will stay here. <laughs> I think I'll be going with you. If you need a worship leader, you know. Amazing, Ronya. Thank you so much. In all seriousness, Ronya is going to lead the most unbelievable church that is going to change things around. And I know that there are scores of people in our church who God is beginning to call to say it's time for you to step up and lead and we are so excited. Ali uh, Herbert who's been leading this morning, Ali is helping us kind of oversee all of this stuff around church, planting around around, um, new leaders within the Church of England and working with the Church of England Birmingham in terms of locations and plants. And she's incredible at this, anointed for it. We're so grateful for you. But if you feel uh, this sense of call, also always talk to Ali. She really would love to chat to you. But we're excited about this. Uh, We're going to look at a passage of Scripture where we see the early church begin to explode into life. And what we see in the early church is this unstoppable movement. And the exciting thing is we sit here today a part of this unstoppable movement. It's uh, Acts chapter 3. So Acts chapter 11, verse 19. says this, Now those who'd been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia... Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks, also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The way of the world is always to plant and initiate something from a position of strength. You gather all your resources, you get the wealth of everything you have, the great people, the great strategy. And when you feel really confident that this cannot possibly fail, you then step out. But God works in a completely different way. The way the church exploded into life was from a posture of weakness. The church grew out of persecution. One of the apostles, Stephen, has been martyred before them. And there's a great persecution that sweeps through the early church. And as a result, many of them are scattered far and wide. And what looks like in the eyes of the world a defeat, it becomes the very breeding ground, as it were, for a revival, for a move of God. And what we see, we see in Scripture, we see it throughout church history, that times of turbulence and crisis are always the time when the gospel is most effective and advances with greatest speed. Now clock the times that we are living in. We are living in times of turbulence and crisis. And as Rachel and I were sharing last week, we believe the soil is good if people would be willing to step out. And so out of persecution, the church began to spread far and wide, carrying the good news of Jesus Christ. And what they begin to do is they begin to reach new people groups. We read that some went and began to reach the Jewish communities in different cities, but some of them began to reach 
the Gentiles, the Greek speakers, and they go to Antioch, a city that was known for all its vices. And some of them begin to reach a people group that many had considered, the Jews considered to be completely outside of the will of God's plan. That they had no place in the kingdom of heaven. That they were unclean. But God, his heart is for all people. Everyone. And God has begun to awaken something in the leaders of the church. The apostle Peter begins to recognize that God wants to reach the Gentiles with the good news. God's spirit is beginning to be poured out amongst the Gentiles. And so they become strategic in reaching this people group. And we read that the Lord's hand was upon them. And a great number believed and turned to God. We are believing that we're going to see in these next years... A great number in our city and beyond finding Jesus Christ and being completely transformed. We're going to see salvation in our places of work, salvation in our lecture theatres, salvation in our schools, salvation in the clubs and pubs, salvation amongst your families and friends, salvation all over this place. And when people begin to get saved, they need to be welcomed into a family, the church. You cannot be in a effective disciple and follower of Jesus if you are not integrated into a church. That is God's plan. An individualistic world has tried to ignore that reality. God's plan is to place people in a family, in a church, and people will not be discipled effectively unless they're part of community. So the early church began to plant these churches in houses so that when people discovered the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, they could be in a community where they could be discipled, encouraged, and figure out what that reality meant for their everyday living. And we see with church planting that it is one of the most effective ways of meet, reaching three particular groups. Number one, New generations, younger generations, younger families, generally, statistically, uh, are more likely to engage with a new church plant. Secondly, um, new residents, new people moving into cities, areas, often seek out a, a newer community. Statistically, we see that. And then also new people groups. Churches can be really effective in reaching, perhaps, new people groups that other churches have missed. And we've seen... Uh, there's organizations called the Church Commissioners that have done a whole bunch of research around what God is doing through church plants throughout uh, the nation. And they did a bit of a study around the sort of geographical area around here. And it was so encouraging to see that actually the number of people attending church in this geographical area has grown by 50% since 2016 when Gas Street was planted. There's a little graph, and you can see the sort of trajectory of growth had this church not been planted. And you now see the incredible growth, what God has done. Now, imagine this all over the city Tens of hundreds of church plants where you're suddenly seeing an explosion of life and attendance, people engaging. That is how you begin to change a city. That is how you begin to outwork this vision to be light for the city. Just last week, we officially launched Lighthouse Church, Pipe Hayes. Trev and Kat, this stunning couple, uh, went out with a whole group, 45 people from here, 45 amazing people. We were gutted that they went, but also thrilled and excited. And uh, they saw 220 people turn up last Sunday. The church was packed. You know, six months ago, there were 20 people who'd meet there, worship and pray. And what I love about the 20 people is that they were desperate for God to move. They were desperate to see this church alive, reaching the area. And they, they reached out, conversations with the Church of England, conversations with Ali. Could we plant into that church? And so we've planted with them, we've partnered with them, and now... There is so much life. Think about the potential. Think about what God can and will do. As all of those people begin to share their faith, invite their neighbors, serve the community with the love of Jesus Christ, Pipe Hayes is going to change because of church planting. Five years ago, we planted St. Mark's Coventry. Phil and Rachel Atkinson again. Amazing. Took a team, went out, started a church in Coventry, which has grown. And now this church has begun to plant churches. 
So this is where you get the multiplication. Plants begin to plant. And then you see this unstoppable movement begin to sweep through a city. And uh, one of the churches they planted was called St. Peter's. And I was with their part of this church, Matt, on Thursday. And he shared this story and asked him to write it and send it to me. And this is the story. It says, Fariba is one of our asylum seekers who started worshipping at our evening service at St. Peter's in September. Before she left Iran, she made friends with a Christian woman who used to invite her around for coffee. After that, she started having dreams about Jesus. One of the visions she had several times was Jesus inviting her to step into a pool of water. She didn't understand it, but she kept having this dream. Soon after, Fariba fled to the UK to seek asylum. Upon arriving in the UK, she decided to find a church to find out more about Jesus. She came to faith after a few short weeks at this church, St. Peter's. A couple of months later, we decided to have a baptism service and Fariba put herself forward to be baptized. When she arrived for the service, she realized that the pool of water that she was to be baptized in was the pool that Jesus was inviting her into in this dream. She'd had months earlier whilst in Iran. In the run-up to Christmas, St. Peter's and St. Mark's ran a joint Christmas event in the local park. We asked Fariba to come and share her story. While she was on the stage sharing, two Kurdish women who came to the park to feed the ducks heard her sharing. Aren't you glad that there are still people who go to parks to feed the ducks? (laughs) So they hear uh, Fariba sharing her story. They came up and spoke to her afterwards and decided to come to the evening service the following week. They have since joined a midweek Bible study. Isn't this amazing? Isn't it make God reaching someone in a dream whilst in Iran? We, you, part of planting a church that plants a church that means that Fariba can be welcomed into a family and be discipled. And now two Kurdish women are being slowly drawn into this family to understand that Jesus Christ isn't just a good person. He's not just a holy prophet. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And you were a part of that story. St. Mark's wouldn't have been possible were it not for people here going and people who are giving to enable this unstoppable movement. And so we've got plants coming up. And as Rachel said in the video, didn't she look gorgeous? Um, I was very distracted. Uh, She said, we want to be a church that is known not for our seating capacity, but our sending capacity. Sending people all over the city. So we want to plant churches like never before, but also we've got this vision for locations. We're now one church over four locations here. St. Luke's we saw, South we saw, and online where we're seeing God do amazing things. And the difference between a church plant, it's a church plant, they're completely set off. They do their own thing. We want to be in relationship, and Ali's overseeing a way of connecting us all together relationally, but we are not responsible in terms of governance, finances. But... The locations we are, the locations, Rachel and I remain the senior pastors, uh, but in each location there's an amazing locations pastor who are leading the charge to build community, to raise disciples and to evangelize and reach the area. And our hope is as these locations grow, they can then plant more effectively. We, We believe holding them centrally and putting more resource behind them means that it can, be, uh, it can speed up the multiplication of church plants. And uh, South, 160 people there this morning. It's amazing. And yet, somehow it still feels like we're full here. So whenever you give, God will always bless. I, I mentioned Peter Wagner. This guy has written um, the quote on, on the effectiveness of church planting. He's written a brilliant commentary on the book of Acts. And he says that the church exploded in its life for two reasons. One was sound missiology. By that, a really good plan, effective intentional plan to reach people. But number two, divine power. Divine power. And we want to work hard, and we've got brilliant people. We love working with the Church of England. There's an amazing man called Steve. I saw Steve Cook, who's here, is helping us as well, and um, the PCC, just to really think through how we can be most effective strategically in all of this. But... Ultimately, we need a move of God. We need his spirit to awaken something within the church and within this city. And 
this phrase that Paul uses, he says, I'm sorry, that Luke uses. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and Acts. He said, the Lord's hand was with them. The Lord's hand was with them. This idea that God's power and his spirit was with them. Paul uses, sorry, Luke uses this phrase two other times. And both times this phrase, the Lord's hand was with them, was linked with this idea of supernatural signs and wonders. Against the backdrop of our culture and our society, we need supernatural signs and wonders. We need God to raise up the most unlikely of people and propel them out to reach people with the love of Jesus. When people see them and say, I know that you're messed up, but I can see the change in you. That can only be Jesus. Tell me everything about this person. Because the church isn't a business venture. It's a faith adventure. It's a faith adventure. And so we need to be a people that are hungry for the Spirit of God to be working in us and through us. Every day, I hope you wake up and say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. In, in my job, in my family, my, my friends, I think about my finances, Lord, I need your Spirit to lead me and guide me. We need to learn to keep in step with the Spirit as we've been looking at so that we can be bold in stepping out. Because when we allow the Spirit of God to move and roam and lead us, everything begins to change. So as I close, I want to look at ways that I feel that all of us can play our part in being part of this unstoppable movement. A man called John Wimber who pioneered the vineyard movement, which has profoundly impacted us. He, he said that the church needs to be these four things. It needs to be a hospital, an army, a school, and a family. We need to be all of these things. Some of you you are called to be generals in an army, pioneers. You're going to head into battle. Let's go. Come on. Let's do it. Run. Charge. Off we go. We need crazy, bold, courageous entrepreneurs, people who will step out whatever the risk in battle. But some of you are called to be doctors and nurses in a hospital to bandage up the wounded, to stand with the brokenhearted, to do the hard work of nurturing and caring for those who are hurting and need healing. Some of you are called to be teachers in a school, to get alongside people, to, to disciple them, to mentor them, to encourage them, to open up the Word of God with them, to help them figure out what would God say to you in this challenging situation to teach people, but others of you. And we desperately need this. We need fathers and mothers who will champion people. Fathers and mothers who will delight over people, who will fiercely love them, even if they're not their own children, who will stand with people in their moment of agony, who will rejoice and delight over their successes, who will open up their hearts and their homes to them, drawing people into a loving community. No, drawing people into a family. So many people who follow Jesus, their parents don't necessarily follow Jesus and they desperately need fathers and mothers who will stand with them. You could be that person. If we all play our part, then we begin to see a family rise up, confident in the authority we have in Christ, bold in stepping out into the unknown and God begins to pour out his favor and blessing upon him. And so three things we can all do. Number one, if we're going to be a part of this unstoppable movement, we need to pray. We need to pray like never before. God, would your hand, would your favor, would your spirit, would your power rest upon us? Upon Lighthouse, Pipe Hayes, St. Luke's, South, Christchurch, Summerfield to come. All these other plants that you're beginning to open up for us. Would your hand of God come? I love what Pastor Sunday, uh, Adelaja who leads a huge church in the Ukraine. And he says this, action without prayer is foolish. Action without prayer is foolish. We need to pray. But the second thing is to give. This has been part of this month, inviting people to really consider their giving. And Rachel and I know when we stand up to ask this, it feels vulnerable for us at a moment of real challenge and uncertainty to say, would you consider giving? We've also dared to believe that God's going to release 350,000 pounds 
at this time in this month, one-off giving, maybe brand new giving, to enable us to do all of this stuff, planting churches, locations, all the stuff we're going to be talking about in the next two weeks, emerging generation location, um, and love your neighbor. But we believe this is a window of opportunity. And we believe if we were to give, God would do something extraordinary. And I just want to clear up maybe a few misunderstandings or a few p- things that people might think to be the case. Number one, I, th- I wonder if sometimes people think that Gastry is funded by the Church of England. Yeah, that'd be amazing if that were true. And we love working with the Church of England, Birmingham, and that they've been so good and generous. That partnership's been so effective. But in fact, we, we give to the Church of England this thing called the Common Fund which is a way that we give. And out of that common fund, it covers the salaries for our clergy, which, you know, myself and Ali and uh, Nick Drake and Tim Bateman, others. And so it covers that. But also, it enables us to give to other churches in the city who um, just don't have the resources to do what they're called to do. Maybe churches working in particularly deprived areas. So what a joy for us to be able to do that. Also, on this building here, we still have a loan of £730,000. Again, the diocese loaned us money for this, and we're paying it back. It's about £80,000 um, a year. But we've still got to pay that off. And, you know, it might be someone today who wants to cover that for us, which would be wonderful. But um, so Church of England, we're working with them, partnering with them, but they are not funding all that we are doing. We, also, we do get some one-off gifts for some of these church plants. So, for example, Gastric South from the church commissioners, we got a gift of £500,000 which I know sounds a lot, but actually when you start thinking about buildings and a few staff, it goes fast. It really does. Second myth is maybe that Gas Street is funded by HDB in London. Again, that'd be awesome. Um, but when we planted the church, HDB really generously gave us a gift of £50,000, which went fast when you're planting a church. Um, and they haven't financially given since, but they support us and they're amazing. But they're, they're not funding everything we're doing. I think people rightly ask, well, where does the money go? Um, there's a little chart that's going to come up. So this is a proportion of, of your giving, our giving. For every pound, in every pound, this is how it's kind of split up. So every pound someone gives, 24p of it goes towards Sundays and events and communications. Now, we are seeing so many people come to faith on Sundays. It's perhaps one of the most evangelistic things we're doing. And all these events, comms, letting people know what's happening. 24p. 29p is the buildings. We've got this building here, St. Luke's. We're trying to find a new building at the south. 29 to run it, utility bills, everything involved in that. 8p towards investing in the emerging generation. And we love what God is doing. We want to keep investing in it. 14p in discipleship, making sure we disciple people, people in groups, courses, leadership development, which Tebo is overseeing. All of these things are really important to raise up leaders to go. And then 4p's for the loan, that's £730,000. And then 21p for love your neighbour and for mission. All the things we're doing to serve the needs of community all around us. We're going to look at that in two weeks. So that is where our money is going. Another thing I think people sometimes ask is, well, have you got... um, a staff that's too big? Do you need all those people? Uh, a lot of research has been done on how much your staff bill should be in relation to your overall budget. Um, m- most people would say for churches, for charities, it should be around 50%. Actually, for some churches, because your staff or your main kind of spend, maybe it's a bit higher. Well, for us as a church, it's 47% of our annual budget is spent on the staff. So actually, that is very much in keeping with what most churches would suggest. So I don't think our staff is overly inflated. In fact, I know they work incredibly hard, incredibly sacrificially. And then the other lie is this, that because the numbers are so big, the vision is so big that my giving just won't make a difference. You know, my five pounds a month, my 50 pounds one-off gift, that's just, what's the point? It makes no difference. That is such a lie. It makes such a difference because when you add it all together, firstly, spiritually, something uh, is unlocked in your heart. It's a sign of saying, God, I'm in. I'm in on this. But also, uh, God works supernaturally in terms of accounting. (laughs) I've been a part of moments in churches where people give and, you know, the accountants count it up. And you're like, no, that can't be right. A group like this could not possibly give that amount. You go away. You've obviously added a zero in the wrong place, you know. And they go back, no, no, that's genuinely what's given. Why? Because I could believe God. There are miracles that happen when people choose to give generously. And so you can pray, you can give, and then finally, you can go. 
walk out the door, just turn around now. You're very welcome here. You know, um, but there's something about us all having this posture of being ready and willing to go. To play a part in seeing a church that goes. Being a part of this missio day, the call and the mission of God to reach and save those who are hurting and are lost. And for some of you, that might literally mean to go. To go to a church plant, to go to a location. Can I just say, what we're seeing at St. Luke's is really beautiful and exciting. 20 more people, committed Christians, people who love Jesus, 20 more people worshipping there, it really would make such a difference. it just bring a momentum, a sense of team, family, that I think could really see something fast begin to grow there. Maybe God's calling you to do that. But maybe some of you, you're being called to be raised up to lead churches like Ronya is beginning this journey. Others of you here, maybe God has been speaking to you. There's a beginnings of that. It's a whisper at the moment, but as you move towards that, God's going to shout loud and clear, it's you. And off we go. And we need church plants all over this city amongst different um, ethnic groups, age groups, um, church plants in businesses, church plants on university campuses, church plants in cathedral. We need it all. And maybe God is calling you to do that. I end with this. I really believe God is doing something very special and exciting. That God is ahead leading us and we're stepping with him. Last week we were all given seeds. Have you missed it? Oh, you missed a good one. You were given a seed and you got to plant it in a plant pot. It's a bit like Jack and the Beanstalk, I think. Um, and this amazing vine's going to grow. But a lady in our church, Millie Ferguson, who often leads worship, she got in touch with Rachel and I this week and she said, look, I've just found in my journal in January 2022, I was in a staff meeting and I had this vivid vision. And I'd love to say that we've been planning this above and beyond for like six months to a year. Really clear plan, got all the themes, all the images, all the metaphors. No, in January, <laughs> it was like we were scrambling. Ah, what are we going to do? Um, Millie never shared this with us until this week. But this, she emailed it and this is what she said. She gave me permission to share. During staff meeting, I had this vision. Everyone was on their knees. The ground was soil. Each person was planting seeds. The seeds represent different things for different people. The seeds were sown deep, with deep care and nurture. As Tim began to sing, let your glory fall, the walls of Gastric became glass. And the seeds had grown into trees, bearing fruit. Glass windows, meaning everyone could see in. Glory on display, undeniable. Lord, let it be. Let, why don't we stand? Lord, let it be. Let it be like with the early church where you propelled them out at a time of turbulence and your hand, your mighty hand was upon them and they saw extraordinary growth, extraordinary salvation. Lord, may we begin to see us as a church, us as a family, stepping up to play our part to reach those who don't yet know that life and hope and peace and joy is ultimately found in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you begin to activate and mobilize leaders amongst us. Lord, raise up Ronyers, raise up so many more. Lord, I want to pray for the guys here, the Farsi community. Raise up men and women who will lead. Just put your hands out, guys, because I believe that story of the lady having a dream whilst in Iran and then coming to faith. We're going to see multiplication amongst Muslim men and women coming to know the love of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray anointing upon them that you would send them out that wherever they go, that they'd carry your love inspired by your spirit in such a way that life and blessing and salvation goes wherever they go. Lord, I pray for those who feel that they're too young, they're too weak, they're too old, they're not educated enough, they're not charismatic enough, they're not gifted enough. Lord, you never, ever chose the most gifted leaders. You always chose the ones that people say, what, him, Gideon, Moses, what, David and the 
looking after sheep in the hills, you always chose those who were unlikely and you did the most unlikely things in and through them. And Lord, I pray that you'd particularly gather around people now who feel like God could never use me. I love this vision, but God, I, I can't be a part of this. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God can use you. God wants to use you. The Birmingham city needs God to use you to see change. So Lord, raise up. Raise up leaders. Raise up men and women who will go, who will step out above and beyond, above and beyond, above and beyond. Spirit of the living God, come. And as we're praying, as we're worshiping, we're going to move into communion. And this is a beautiful moment where we actually, it's the thing that unites us as a church globally, all over the world, in every different language, different ethnicities, different groups gathering together, united by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is a special moment. I think this is a profound moment where we remind ourselves that you know what God is doing isn't about just Birmingham. It's about the whole world. We're part of an unstoppable movement called the church. You know, like, you might be a Man City fan. Like, oh my goodness, Man City, top of the league. We're killing it. We're part of the church, which is growing and expanding, and it's on the front line of caring. It's on the front line of serving the needs in the Ukraine, on the borders. It's on the front line throughout Asia and Africa and the Middle East. It's the church that is standing up and loving like never loved before, and we are a part of that, and God wants to use us as we are willing to go. Ali. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.